What up, guys, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 20, and I'm pumped. We've made it this far, uh, and I couldn't have done it without all of your support. And I look forward to creating more episodes for you. If you're new to the podcast, uh, my goal is to help you start, grow, and monetize a podcast. And I'm doing that through bringing you podcast tools, tips, resources, online education, and to just help you navigate the ever-changing podcasting landscape because things are changing all the time. Uh, And hopefully I can be a resource to you to help kind of sort through some of this stuff, give you the good advice, and help you ignore the bad advice. Oh, and the podcast is up on the website. So if you didn't know... I'm Eric, and I'm the founder of the Podcast Haven, which is a podcast production company. We work with businesses, brands, and influencers to create and produce podcasts. This show is actually part of that ecosystem. And so it's actually up on the Podcast Haven website. If you go to the podcasthaven.com, you click on the podcast tab, boom, you can listen to all these episodes on the website. Obviously, you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever the hell you're listening. But uh, I want to let you know that it's up on the website. And if you are looking to get a podcast produced, if you're looking to create a podcast, my company, The Podcast Haven, has done stuff with Nike, Spotify, The Los Angeles Times, The Art of Charm. Uh, We've done stuff with fitness brands, health brands, finance companies, real estate companies. So if, if that's something that you're looking to uh, pursue, go to thepodcasthaven.com. And if you're looking to check out the podcast on my website, thepodcasthaven.com, boom, click the podcast tab at the top. This episode, I'm bringing on a good friend of mine. His name is Jonathan Lane. He's a music licensing executive at Five Alarm Music, and he runs a side company called Clearly Music. And we're going to be talking about everything that you need to know when it comes to using music in your podcast. And we're not so much talking about like royalty-free music that you could get from like Storyblocks or Epidemic. We're talking about using more unique music and even custom music. How do you get a music license? The cost of licensing music for your podcast? We're talking about getting music that's a little bit more well-written and produced and unique, and you can actually support the artists that have written that music through going this route. John is going to tell us everything that he knows. He also licenses music for TV and film. So this guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, In the podcasting space, he's worked with the LA Times on some of their shows. And more recently, he's been doing a lot of stuff with Dear Media, including that Laguna Beach podcast. And he's done a lot of stuff for pod people. He's kind of their go-to guy. So excited to bring you this episode. I apologize for the audio quality. It is a live. There are a few dropouts here and there, but I think you'll still get everything you need to know uh, from this recording. And I will see you at the end. He's a music supervisor and the founder of Clearly Music. The goal really is to just talk to you guys and share some knowledge about everything that goes into placing music in a podcast, using music in a podcast, where to find music, uh, clearing the rights to certain music, how much does music cost, just kind of going over like everything that you need to know 
uh, when it comes to putting music in your podcast. And John, let's do a little intro for you, my man. My name is uh, John Lane. Um, as as uh, Eric said, I'm a uh, I'm a music licensing executive at uh, Five Alarm Music, which is owned by Anthem Entertainment. Um, and I, since 2015, I've had a company called uh, Clearly Music Services, which provides music supervision services. Mostly, the stuff that I work on is film marketing and advertising. And as of lately, I've been doing a lot of a lot of uh, podcast music supervision as well. I've worked on a lot of different things like uh, content for a recent film, House of Gucci, Adam's Family 2, the, the Pitch Perfect movies, Black Panther, stuff like that. And uh, recent podcast that I've worked on was uh, The Real, which is an entertainment podcast for the LA Times. Mm-hmm. And two seasons of a scripted uh, romantic comedy podcast. Shout out to Rachel at Pod People. Yes. And uh, and so th- those are called rom-com pod. And then most recently, I finished a podcast called Bone Mary Berry, which is also a rom-com. So uh, that's kind of what I've been working on in the, in the podcast space. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I actually worked on The Real, uh, did some editing on a couple episodes. This was a while back, but cool show. Yeah, about like movies and things that are coming out in the entertainment industry. Yeah, it's actually The, the Real is... Example that I'll bring up later of sort of like ways that our approach for music in that in that podcast was a little bit different than some of the some of the um, approach that we've had recently on some of these scripted podcasts. So I'll be happy to talk about sort of the difference and the pros and cons of the way that we approach music in that in that podcast. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting project to work on for sure. Right on, my man. Well, uh, let's, yeah, let's dive in. We're, we wanted to set this up, guys, before we kind of dig in. We wanted to define some terms. Uh, these are like common terms. John will be able to speak more to this, but common terms that you might hear when it comes to music. Uh, so, John, let's just shoot for it. Uh, royalty-free music. Yeah, royalty-free music. This is royalty-free <laughs> thing. It's interesting because there's sort of like real royalty-free music. And uh, the real, what, what would I would define, without getting in too much in the weeds about it, there is real royalty-free music, in which music is completely unregistered with performing rights organizations like ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC. So there are no royalties generated when the music's used, even on TV and, uh, and, and, and film and things like that. that. I would consider that to be actual royalty-free music. More like colloquially speaking, royalty-free has become a term that's used for music in which the production doesn't have to pay any sort of royalties to the to the artists, which, to be honest, is like a lot of most music in that sense would be royalty free because it's really not on the production to pay directly to artists. It's usually the platform in which the music is airing. So, for example, if your podcast is on Spotify or your podcast is on a a uh, a a certain like um podcast network of some sort a certain platform that platform would have relationships with with the with with the the pros and royalties are paid out that way so um but yeah royalty free music is essentially music in which um as it's as it's known now as is music in which you know royalties aren't it's not on the responsibility of the the people producing the content to pay out royalties directly and royalty free, not to be confused with free, as in like you don't have to pay for the music at all. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good distinction. <laughs> just a cost, 
Sure. Music will music. Thankfully we live in a, a, a society for now that is definitely compensates for music as much as possible. Hopefully. Um, it's definitely something that we try to maintain within the industry and, uh, and it does cost money to use music in your podcast. hundred percent. Cool, man. Uh, so let's, let's define what a music library. What is that? Where do you find that? Yeah. Music library, a music library is, is basically a, a, uh, it's, it's a, a, a company or a catalog of music, um, that has music that's essentially created for media use. So it's, it's all, it's all literally like written and, and created usually f- to be used in TV, film, podcasts, um, marketing content, et cetera. And so, uh, and so, yeah, this is usually kind of like what, what is referred to usually as a one-stop source. And I can get into the difference between one-stop and not one-stop music. Um, That's a bit much, maybe. The one-stop source in which you can access music, pay, uh, pay a fee, and, and use, it in your, use it in your programming. Um, it's probably yeah a good time to 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 define what one stop music is. But uh, essentially, if you were to license a commercial song like something you hear on the radio, you're actually need you're actually requiring two different licenses for every song. You're usually you're needing to to have a license that's covering that's uh, essentially covering the right to use the physical recording of that song the actual recording that you're using. You also need a license that's covering the publishing side of that song, which represents the writer's interests. It's essentially the notes on the page and as opposed to the physical recording. So um, you'll, you'll have to go out to multiple sources. uh, The late, usually a record label will represent the, the writer or the, the physical recording. And then the publishing side, you reach out to the publishers who represent the song and you'll have to negotiate a license for both sides. And once you've done that and you've, you've gotten a license negotiated mm-hmm. and now you're able to use the song um, in your, in your content, a one-stop song represents all interests just for one, one source represents all interests, both the recording and the public. So you only have to reach out to one company. You'll have one master and synchronization license and it'll essentially give you all the rights that you need going reaching out to one source only as opposed to multiple sources like you would do with like a a famous song or a, a popular song you'd hear on the radio got it okay uh and then maybe what's mo- library music libraries their their model is is that all the music is one stop and you only have to reach out to deal with one source you deal and- with them yeah, handle everything. So uh, you don't you don't have to go to multiple, you know, multiple companies to to obtain the rights. Right on. Well, uh, okay. Let's segue to music licensing. Maybe the kind of what this is all about, really. But what exactly is a music license? Yeah. So uh, when it comes to podcasts, it's sort of like an interesting space. Um, music used in a podcast. You actually what you need to obtain is a synchronization license which is actually the same license that you would obtain for a TV show or a film. It's the mm-hmm. exact license. And it's slightly different in the nature of media, but it's the same style of license. And the reason why is that uh, you, re- you obtain a synchronization license for TV and film because the song is being what's called synced to a piece of visual media. So that's why you have a synchronization license. 
So when it comes to podcasts, you require the same license, even though it's not visual media, because you're syncing the song to a larger uh, audio format. So uh, a, a larger audio program. So mm -hmm. it's, the same, it's the same style, kind of like mentality of the, the synchronizing a song to a piece of larger content. And so it requires the same, the same license, a synchronization license. Um, this, this is something that you'd reach out to, to, the, to the rights holders, the people who represent the song, and they'd be able to, to issue one. So that's, that's what a music license is. The sort of the material, the, the, the important material aspects of that license are things that you really need to sort of be paying attention to. Mm -hmm. uh, and you really need to know what, what you as a podcast production are going to require from your music license. Mm -hmm. Um, and what, what rights you're going to require, you know, and that's all stuff that you'd be negotiating with the rights holders and stuff like that. So examples of those things would be, you know, um, how long, like what, what's the term of the license or is it going to be for three years only? And then you're going to pull the content down. Is it going to be for five years only pull the content down? Or are you going to leave the comp the content up in what's called perpetuity, which is forever in which that license would need to reflect that term essentially. Um, but you would, you would kind of be the point of contact to do that, right? Instead of reaching out to the musicians and publishers themselves, you're kind of the point of contact who helps negotiate all that, right? As a supervisor, as a music supervisor, that's definitely, that's definitely what we look after. It's, a lot of people think that music supervision is, is a lot of like listening to music and choosing cool songs. <laughs> yeah. The reality is that that's about 15% of the job, I'd say. And the rest of it is, in my experience, is actually more on the sorting out the rights, making, getting, getting the, what's called a, a clearance and a approval from the rights holders. Because at the end of the day, if, if there's a song that you want in your podcast or a piece of media, um, doesn't mean you're going to get it. Like they might listen to your project, which has happened on multiple podcasts that I've, that I've worked on recently. Mm -hmm. and for, uh, for a multiple multiple songs and once you send them a synopsis of how the song is going to be used or what the nature of the podcast is they eat it and when they reach out for approval they just don't like the project <laughs> and so they, they, they don't want the song used um and, what, and that happens a lot so um so it's my job to understand what the production what their needs are from a rights mm -hmm. uh, from a rights perspective right I need to understand what their music budget is and how much they have to spend, what song they're going to be using and how they're going to use it. Then I take all this information and I go to the rights holders. Sometimes you have to do some heavy lifting and tracking down who represents the song. And then I negotiate those rights for the fees and the budget that we have with the rights holders and obtain approval to use the song. And then I move forward with the licensing process. So it's a, it's a lot of like negotiation and contracts and legal sort of aspect of, uh, aspect of the role. But that's definitely something a music supervisor would do. Right, right. Well, cool, man. Um, so yeah, let's dive a little bit more into podcasting itself. Uh, so let, let's talk about how you see music being used in podcasts these days. Let's talk about like the role of theme music the role of maybe stingers, the role of kind of painting a landscape under a certain part of the show to create tension or to create whatever kind of vibe you're trying to create. Yeah. I think in, in my experience, like I've, I've, there's definitely been like a 
pretty large evolution of of the importance of music and podcasts where whereas just because the 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 creative um the echelon of just of sort of like focus on high end creative for podcasts has mm-hmm. never been it keeps pushing the boundary um to be as high as quality as as possible and and the budgets are starting to become like bigger and and the and the listenership is 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 wider and so I have found that there's been a, a pretty large evolution or role in podcasts than it kind of ever has before. Um when I first started working on on podcasts it was more like, well, the conversations were more like, we want these songs. They're big famous songs. We only have fifty bucks. I'm like <laughs> Not, it's not going to work out that way because there's no, um, there's no education about the value of music, how much it costs, and stuff like that. And when a lot of people start creating content, like they they believe that music is potentially free. A lot of people do because uh, it's just not they want it to be free. Yeah, free, and it's the last thing that people usually think about. Unfortunately, when it comes to line items and a budget, um, that's the importance of a music supervisor bringing on somebody early on enough in the process to be able to like work with the budget and make sure that the the money's actually there to be able to afford the music that, that they want. But, uh, but now the conversation, like the, the last few podcasts that, that we've been working on has been, um, you know, now for a single song, they'll budget thousands of dollars for, for the use of a single song. You know, if it's like a, a known song, because they're, they're starting to understand that, that this is how music costs for like commercial songs and stuff. And also budgeting for, um, you know, like create, putting something in place that's, that can pull from a music source they could pull from for those like tension moments and transitions and things like that, Dif- different scenes, things like that. And so usually we'll also work to put together some sort of a blanket license with a music catalog of some sort, uh, some sort that's going to sort of be able to fill out a lot of the filler style music. That's mm-hmm. kind of like carry the episodes, you know, not like necessarily those really big musical moments where it's like a known song, but sort of the more like fly on the wall, like, like the wallpaper style stuff that just carries the scenes and stuff like that. And so those a blanket license, I guess, to, to define that is a, uh, that's, that's a situation in which you, you approach like a music library, for example, you pay one flat fee and mm-hmm. it'll use unlimited songs across an entire episode or an entire season or an entire series. So it's how, whatever you end up negotiating with the, with the music library. So you only pay one fee, you get one license, but you have access to their whole library. You could use as much song music as you want for the entire season or episode or whatever you end up setting up. So usually what we'll do is we'll end up putting something like that in place, budgeting for that. Yeah. And then separately budgeting for the musical moments in which it might be a, a more popular song as well. So, um, but yeah, and, and that, I feel like that's been a shift. That mentality has been sort of a big shift where that wasn't really there when I first started working within the space. So, which is just sort of a testament to the evolution of the podcast space in general, where it's really, you know, everybody's become so much more educated about the production wanting high, high quality, high value music or high value, like uh, creative and realizing that music plays, uh, you know, a big role in that, you know? So, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason we wanted to do this too, is like you said, people, it, it's still, 
I mean, podcasting has been around for, for over a decade now, but it, it's kind of really now like catching its wheels. Um, and it's, uh, it's good. I think we're kind of doing this to help educate people. Cause like you said, a lot of people don't know they want to use so-and-so song, but they don't realize one, that's going to be hard to get, even if you have a budget right. uh, that can afford that. And two, um, into yeah i mean it's just it's just such a new industry uh, people don't know a lot about uh about choosing music and budgeting for it and um what the resources and what the options are out there looks looks like it's kind of freezing but i feel like i'll just keep going here but i think when uh when sort of thinking about music for a production for a podcast production there's several things that i would say that are important things to consider when trying to decide on a music source, right? Mm-hmm. Like trying to find a music catalog that would be suitable for your production, things like that. The first is obviously budget. Like the podcast is going to, the, the production is going to need to figure out what the bottom line, all in music budget's going to be, how much they've mm-hmm. set aside. That's going to drive a lot of the conversation for sure about like, you know, what they have access to or what they will have access to. Um, quality is the next thing. I think that, you know, a podcast production definitely needs to take into consideration, here's my budget, here's the quality I want. Are those things in alignment with each other? You know, that makes sense. Can we work? Yeah, can we work that out? Or or am I going to be able to get the kind of quality of music I I want for the budget that I currently have? And if not, you, you, there's a a world in which you might have to sort of rethink, rethink, you know, how much money you're putting against music. Um, The other thing would be rights, the rights that you require. You know, so if you want to have your, if you, if you want to, um, you know, have your podcast on a platform forever and never have to take it down and pay one fee and, and, uh, you want to be able to have the right for everyone to be able to download it, um, like locally, uh, you want to be able to have advertising revenue, um, on your mm-hmm. podcast and, and advertisers involved. Like that. Those are all things that you would also want to consider in relationship to music because those are things that are going to have to be delivered in your, music license. And the last thing that nobody thinks about in the podcast, <laughs> in my in my experience is the the aspect of it. So, you know, when you go to a lot of different um it's common I think for podcasts to sort of like scramble at the last minute and be like, "Oh shit, I need music. I don't really have a lot of money budgeted. Here's a really cheap online source." I'm just going to do a monthly subscription with them, use the yeah. stuff like that, which is extremely common. There are some that are good. There's some that are kind of trash, like, and it, it really runs the gamut in terms of quality. But one of the really important things is, 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 uh, does the music service offer any sort of protection for the production? Um, in case there's a copyright infringement. So when you go to like a lot of like those sort of like cheaper platforms, um, there's not as much like quality control over what's in there and not as much creative oversight into what's being put into the library, which means there's a lot more opportunity for there to be copyright infringements and things like that. Mm. And if there is a copyright infringement, it's they're going to come out production and it's going to end up costing a lot of money. So there's a lot of, a lot of the more kind of legit music libraries, music companies, they'll carry what's called ENO insurance. Uh, which is uh, a prof- professional liability insurance that essentially covers any sort of like legal fees or if there's a settlement cost um, in case a claim is made against 
against the music that's being used. It won't be on the onus of the production to have to deal with that. It'll be on the onus of the music catalog who messed up by allowing a song in their catalog that was infringing on a copyright on another song that sounds similar. Right. So that's, that's definitely something important is that, you know, making sure that we're doing the research and reading through, you know, what catalog you're using and are they going to, is it going to be on you? Like is the liability on you essentially if, if you, if someone gets sued. So I would say that majority of the more like legit companies do carry insurance that, and they do. And, uh, and there is a indemnity in that sense. Um, but it's an important thing to look at for sure. And, and speaking of kind of the, these kind of libraries, because we're talking about uh, more like getting music for someone that has a bigger budget, say for like a Wondery or a Stitcher or like a network or Dear Media that can afford uh, to pay top dollar to get more unique sounding songs, songs with higher production quality. But what about uh, like a smaller DIY podcaster? Where do you recommend they go where they can get like a monthly subscription or more affordable music, likely royalty free? Cause that's probably the level that they're currently at. Uh, would you kind of recommend some places to find that stuff? Yeah. You know, it's actually, it's, it's funny. There's, there's a lot of like digital um, there's a lot of online music, libraries um that are really targeted towards like digital creators and things right. like that. some of them might be um like one that i use is Storyblock. i we have a uh, subscription that we pull that, stuff for clients all the time that's one like someone like Storyblocks. there's a company called epidemic um there's one called premium beat there's there's a lot of like different companies that are very similar where they're just catered towards online create or digital creators mm-hmm. and that's Bread and butter. They don't really participate much in the TV, film, like kind of space. It's not really what their what their model is necessarily. And there'll be like a cheap subscription. The thing that a lot of people don't know, and which is really interesting to look into, is there's those higher quality music libraries. People like APM, Five Alarm Music, Warner Chapel, BMG, like the ones that are more like placing music and like big um like network television shows and stuff like that mm-hmm. a lot of them have figured out a very similar solution that caters to podcast companies so all it really takes is reaching out to those companies and you'll likely be able to set up something that's pretty comparable at this point to what a lot of those online more digital uh focused companies are offering you mm-hmm. uh, you just have to research them and and a lot of times it's where people look at those companies and they're like, well, that that's like, it's going to be expensive, but intimidating. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's at this point because of the, the sort of evolution and landscape of the space and what it's become and to, to remain competitive with people like Storyblocks and premium beat and stuff like that. A lot of people have figured out licensing solutions that are comparable that'll fit the budget. So it's oh, def- rad. definitely always like definitely worth looking into those. Well, and there's a really good chance you're going to be able to get higher quality music from a source that you didn't think that you were going to be able to. So you can, that you end, you end up realizing that, uh, yeah, it is affordable and there, there's yeah. good stuff in there. And yeah, I thank you for sharing that. Cause I don't think a lot of people know that. Right. Yeah. When it comes to like, um, you know, and then when it comes to, to, it really runs a gamut when it comes to licensing, like say you want to like license a, um, 
like a popular song, a famous song. Uh, that really, that completely runs the experience. It's really, <laughs> I've had it before where I've reached out for a song for a, for a scripted podcast and the, the rights holders came back and said they want $10,000 for three years, not perpetuity, but just three years only. And which means that after three years, you have to pay another $10,000 for another three years. If you want to keep your media up, you know, and uh, really limited rights and stuff like that. And I had equally popular songs that I've licensed come back at, you know, $2,500 or $3,000 or, you know, it's sort of like everyone's trying to sort out like what the rates are and try to find some sort of consistent. I don't think it's quite there yet on the major label, major publisher side yet. Right. But there are larger companies like Warner Chapel, that publisher and people like that, that are starting to create more of a system in which they're able to offer a fair licensing rate for, for podcasts because they know like the budgets just aren't the same as, you know, uh, a big film or a, or a big network TV show. But, right on. Yeah, but they're they're working to make that happen, which I think is cool, yeah. and I think it's important just to kind of be keeping up with where things are headed and, and how yeah. popular podcasts have become. They're hearing, they're hearing they're they're seeing the popularity of these shows, and they're <laughs> hearing they're they're seeing the issue the the licensing pitfalls are are it's unreasonable for a lot of productions to be able to 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 afford the music that they really want. You know? and like there has to be some sort of a way for them to be able to cater to 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 those productions and to be able to actually like have that music available for, for the podcast space, you know? And so they're hearing those, they're hearing those concerns and they're trying to address them. So I think that we're going to be seeing sort of a really different landscape, like, you know, a year or two from now where a lot of the major labels and a lot of the major publishers are going to sort of like have a lot more of a consistent offering that meets the needs for a, a podcast production than they do right now. But Oh yeah. For, for right now, hire a music supervisor. <laughs> it's exciting though. I, I'm, I'm stoked to hear that, that that's, that's what's happening uh, in, in your side of things. Um, we wanted to maybe, we're going to kind of wrap it up here guys, but we see if anyone in here has any questions. Uh, John can answer them. If so, is, is there, any, and while we're waiting for that, is there anything else you want to add my man? Yeah. Actually a couple, there's actually a couple more things like, uh, and this actually goes back to the, uh, another, another really something that I really push a lot on, on, on podcast productions is, uh, is hiring a composer because I think that you'd find that. Yeah. Smart. It can be affordable. It can be affordable to find a really great composer. You can have them create a theme song. You can have them create in intros, outros, a few different cues and everything, and it'll be a work for hire situation. So the production actually owns that, that their own music. So you're investing in the music, but you're actually going to own it. And then you can use it however you want. You can use it for however long you want. You can use as much as you want. Um, say the theme song, the, the podcast really pops off and the theme song ends up being kind of a hit. You can release it. You can make money off of it. You can use that. You can use that, that uh, theme song to be able to, promote it to create promotional material you have a lot more flexibility when you're in control of ownership of, of the of the rights of the music than you do when you're licensing it from somebody so i've actually been kind of like pushing that direction a lot when it comes to ins instead of music libraries trying to work with a composer 
somebody who, who is, who, you know, is interested in the project and would find it, you know, be fit within the budget and really have a cool sound and bring something unique to the table to create original music. And uh, I think that's also something that I think a lot of people look at that and think like, wow, that sounds like that's going to be a really expensive endeavor to bring on a composer and stuff like that. But really at the end of the day, if you're going to like one popular song in your podcast, it's, you can pay, it'll be not, depending on the relationships you have with the music community, it'll be not too much more to bring on a composer to just create original music for your show, or at least a sort of a, your own little li- your own little mini library of, of music for you to be able to use however you want. So we did that with the reel and it worked out really well. So it's also a branding thing too, right? You want right. every time, every single time somebody tunes into your show, you want there to be some sort of consistent branding. That's an earworm that kind of sticks within them. And if they were to hear that, that little piece of that little piece of song or that snippet, anywhere that's like outside of the outside of the podcast world they'd immediately associate it with your brand your your brand and your right that's your identity your sonic image yeah yeah, you're branding you're branding a property that you've created so it's like if you if you have something that's original and and done for you you can um you can definitely that's definitely a a really great way to create consistent we got a question in here johnny yeah, I see a question here. Um, hi, Brianna. Um, how about covers? How about Cover cre- music? So, covers is a really great way to. That's a good question. Covers is a really great way to save costs. Actually, like um, in general, you know, if you were to license a, uh, you know, say, I don't know, Britney Spears song or something, and uh, <laughs> if, if you didn't have that. So, essentially, what you would have to do. Is, go and clear the publishing like I was talking about and say there's one publisher and that publisher wants $1,500, right? You're also going to have to go to the record label and get the rights to, to use the recording of that song. They're also going to want the equal amount at least that the publisher wants, right? So they're going to want $1,500. So now to license the song, it's going to cost you $3,000 total, right? If you can access a cover or have a cover done, there's a chance that you're, you can go to the publisher. You're still going to have to clear the publishing. So the publisher is going to quote $1,500, but you might be able to get a cover of the song for $500. Mm. So you're only paying $2,000 instead of three. So it's a really good cost-saving technique. Um, it's also a really good way to actually have a really unique sort of creative approach. So you could have a really cool cover done in a really interesting way in the corporate and not only will it likely save you money, but it'll also provide something that's actually adding a layer of uh, unique creativity that maybe the original song wasn't going to provide. So it's definitely, it's a good question. It's definitely something to look into and it's, uh, and you can have someone commission it or, you know, you can, there's a, there's a lot of sources where you can find that are strictly just cover libraries where you can find, I license a lot of covers actually. Um, so yeah, that's definitely really good. And if someone's looking for a composer, uh, you, you can maybe if they want to hit you up, you could direct them. You, I'm sure you've got guys and girls for days. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's. Yeah, I mean, I can I can give my email address in here if there's any if there's any podcasts that um, you know want help with music or are interested in in finding out you know a cost efficient way to have really great music. I'll give my email address in here if you're looking for a music supervisor. 
anything like that, recommendations for composers, I'm, I'm happy to provide all that. So it'll be, um, that'll be a, something I can definitely do for sure. Another thing I did want to talk about, which is something that I find when I first started within a lot of podcasts that um, I was working with, a lot of productions were immediately being like, well, we want to use this song because it, but it's, it should be fair use. So it won't be <laughs> like, we, we could use this song, but it's, we can use it. We don't have to pay for it because it's fair use. And that was like a really alarming kind of like aspect to me, like that mentality, that mentality, because I started to quickly realize that there was this entire, <laughs> there's this entire uh, lack of education within the podcast space. Mm-hmm. That is this like, legal it's like this loophole in which you're allowed to use music without paying for it and i had to do a lot of work to educate clients that fair use is not it's not a music loophole where you get to use free music it's a legal defense in case music so without paying for it so essentially what fair use is is that if you use music without licensing it once the rights holders reach out to you and they say we're going to see you for a hundred thousand dollars for using (laughs) then fair use comes into play when you go to court and now you have a lawyer who's litigating on your behalf and what they're doing is they're claiming fair use as a defense for you using the music Mm -hmm. obviously nobody actually wants to get to the fair use point of the like that would be like a if you've gotten if you've got a place where where you're where you're having to hinge like hedge your bets on fair use you've already made a bunch of mistakes along the way and you've, you've put yourself in a tremendous amount of risk. That's going to cost you a lot of money potentially. So I definitely would, uh, there, there are instances when fair use hold up. One of the ones that I've seen that we've sort of like leaned on before is if, um, if it's for educational purposes, if you're playing a song, say in a podcast, you're playing a song and the song, a snippet of the song is being played specifically to provide context educational discourse to happen surrounding that specific snippet that you played there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um argument a good argument for fair use there you might be able to that and things like that so fair use is a risk it's not a it's not a loophole it's a risk music costs money unfortunately even if you have somebody on your podcast say you have a podcast that features artists who are going to you have to clear those rights as well if you're going to have on, uh, you know, uh, 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 Catastro. like, yeah, Catastro, uh, good reference. If you're going to, if you're going to like have on someone like Catastro and they're going to, and they're going to perform on your podcast, you still need to reach out and obtain the rights for Catastro to be able to perform that song on podcast. Not unfortunately, it's not a, a fair use uh, situation. So, uh, so a lot of people don't realize that, and it's definitely something that puts people at risk. So, be careful about the fair use thing. I promise you, it's not what you think it is. Look, and uh, and yeah, hopefully you don't get to a place where you're where you're having to to put that put fair use into play because that means that you're probably in court. <laughs> and a lot of platforms, YouTube uh, especially, Apple is getting Apple and Spotify are getting better about it too with podcasts. Is they'll pull it. Yeah, those pull YouTube, it. YouTube, YouTube is their algorithm is quick too. It'll notice it really yeah. quickly. Notice it quickly and it'll silence. It'll just silence the. Uh, it'll just completely silence the. Um, 
silence the whole audio track, you know, or it'll demonetize it. It'll like, you know, and, uh, which sucks because it's like, it's your hard work. So, uh, but yeah, un- unfortunately and, and fortunately for artists, uh, music costs money. So it's, uh, it's a, <laughs> definitely, you know, go through the proper channels, consult whoever you need to, to make sure that you're, you're getting, um, you're, you're actually obtaining the, the rights, to the music that you're using. And there's a lot of really affordable, uh, it's not as daunting as you think. Yeah, no, it sounds like you've given a lot of options, especially uh, loving to hear that some of those bigger, more reputable libraries are are setting up um, contracts and licenses to use quality music in podcasts for a reasonable price. Yeah, totally. Um, well, if, cool, man. I think that's, that's if anyone has any questions, um, you know, feel free to put them in the chat or shout so- out your email someone in here that's crazy we can't do that do we even uh i don't even know if i know how yeah uh, brianna you're asking about performing covers uh i.e like like playing it like if you have a music podcast and you play guitar and sing a cover is that what you're referring to bring her in here i think she has to request it uh well performing performing covers um performing covers you definitely you have to clear the publishing so You'll have to reach, you have to figure out what the cover song is and then the production from the publisher and, and to, for the, for the song to be performed on the podcast. So it's, it's so still, of, it's still a thing. Yeah, but it, it probably won't be at the same, the same rate as sync, syncing the song to, to the podcast. Like, whereas, you know, say it's 1500 bucks, uh, say it's 1500 bucks to, to license a song and you're going to sync it to the actual podcast. Um, doing a cover might only be, you know, a fraction of that. The publisher might charge a fraction of that because they know it's just a live performance and it's a pretty low touch, like kind of, it's, 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 it's not, it's, it might, there might be a leniency on the fee. Don't, don't quote me on that. Nothing's, <laughs> for, nothing's for certain until you actually reach out and go down the hole. But I would say that in my professional opinion, I feel like I would be able to get the rate down on something like that a little bit than I would if it was actually being, synced to the actual podcast the actual- right well cool man well uh is there anything else you want to add you want to give some plugs where they can find you how to contact you uh, I, I can give my um i can give my email address so it's uh it's for just anybody who has questions about licensing for your podcast and or if you want any advice on you know how to uh how to go about, you know, licensing certain songs and, or if you need a music supervisor or if you're looking for a, a music source, I work really closely uh, and my full-time job with Five Alarm Music. We also have a uh, really high quality music library that's mostly used for TV and film and advertising and things like that, which is probably a good, it's a good, um, you know, it's a good uh, resource amongst lots of other kind of companies as well. I see that uh, Martina's in here. She works for a company called West One. They're also a really great company as well. There's 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 a lot of us out there, but um, but yeah, I can I can make recommendations for for any of those kinds of music sources that are really kind of high quality and help set up agreements and stuff like that, or just offer recommendations for composers, things like that. So, yeah, my my email address is uh, John J O N at clearly music services.com john at clearly music services.com so uh yeah if anyone has any questions about any of that stuff or you know how the rights work or anything like that i'm happy to i'm happy to weigh in 
Yeah, hit him up, guys. He's your guy. Licensing, sync, royalty-free, publishing. He can help you answer any questions and uh, take you down the right path. Enjoyed uh, sharing some info with you. Yeah, for having me, man. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Hopefully you got a lot of good information and education about how to use music in your podcast, kind of the ins and outs of that, expected cost. Uh, Because the last thing you want to do is just go pull a song from your favorite artist without having a license. You use that in your podcast. Your podcast will get flagged. Um, So we want to avoid that. And as podcasts are becoming more and more popular, we want to put them on the same level of media as TV and film and give the artists and the music um, the respect that it deserves. John is the man. If you have any other questions, feel free to shoot him a DM on Instagram. His handle is at music clearly. That's at music clearly. He's got a lot of good resources. He's always posting and he actually does like free. um, I call them coaching sessions. Every Sunday he opens up the slots. And if you follow him, you could actually get a private one-on-one with him on Zoom where he will answer any questions that you have. If you're an artist, he'll even critique music. If you're an artist trying to get your podcast, get your music into podcasts, he'll answer questions about that. So definitely check him out at Music Clearly on Instagram. And as for me, guys, thank you for listening. If you want to check out the podcast on the website, go to thepodcasthaven.com, click on the podcast top, click on the podcast tab in the top corner. And uh, yeah, while you're at it, there's a contact form on the website. If you want to learn more, if you want to get in touch, if you want to sign up for the mailing list and get these weekly tidbits and podcasting resources in your inbox, that's a good place. So thank you guys. And I will be rocking with you next week. Yeah.